contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Welcome back, boys and girls, to another edition of the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. I thought I'd do a rant, sort of an emergency Brandt's rants with what's going on outside the game, inside the game, behind the curtain, kind of take you inside what's going on with this social protest issue from my experience on both the player side and the league side, maybe behind the doors of these league meetings coming up and how they're going to deal with this issue. It's really taken on some turns that I'll get into here on the protest. Also talk about the latest legal wranglings of the Ezekiel Elliott case. My prediction all along was that he'd serve his time, if you will, the suspension in 2018. But now it looks like it's back on for 17. We'll talk about that. And then sort of a story that I keep my eye on. It's maybe the most underreported story in, in football for the first time in 20 years. Yes, 20 years. We have a season in-season holdout lasting well into the season. Dwayne Brown, Houston Texans. I'll talk about that. First, the protest issue. I, I think... I sort of foreshadowed this. I even did a, a recent podcast about this, been writing about it, talking about it. But this was weeks ago where I said, now we're going to we're going to get some tension out of this. And I said it when everybody was kumbaya, when everybody was arm in arm, literally and figuratively, when owners were standing and or kneeling with players, when Jerry Jones was on the field, locked arm in arm on a knee, when Shad Khan was holding players' arms, and Dan Snyder, and all these owners, and when when they were making statements, clapping back against the president, although those statements, as I said, were very measured, I sort of thought, this is this is going to get hard. Now it's easy. And, and the now was like week three. Remember that? President made the comments on Friday night. Everybody's against it. All these statements about unity. Sure, unity's easy. Who's not against unity? Unity's like the easiest thing to say, we're unified. We're not going to be uh, divided. We're against division. Okay, that's great. But now it gets hard. Because what the NFL has hinted at, and even a letter from Roger Goodell that was not leaked, but sent out to the whole world, was basically, we got some issues here. Uh, In so many words, we want to get past this. In so many words, we kind of want to stick to sports. And this has been a co-optation from the president on down. You have the president that's not giving up on this issue, that's doubling down, that's talking to Jerry Jones and saying about the rule book of required for standing, which is not the case, by the way. I'll get into that in a second. So from the president down to ownership and the owners are the bosses of the commissioner and the commissioner is the boss of the league. We have this, what I call, a co-optation going on, which is basically a message from ownership that let's move on. Let's stick to sports. Let's get past this. You Almost as if you had your time. That week three was cool, but we're moving on. Now, listen, players don't want to be told to do that. Now, maybe a lot of them do, and that's another issue, kind of the internal locker room issue. We don't even know how many of these locker rooms are all on board with protesting or not protesting, whether it's division from that. But the message from the league is we want to move on. How can we do it with minimal impact to our game? And then we get to the word that is the signatory of what I talk, what I write, what I teach, what about, and the name of this podcast, business. (laughs) There is a clear message coming from owners 
from the commissioner, from management, that they're hearing from their business constituents that this is not good for the game. They're hearing or feeling or their own perception is this is hurting the business of the NFL. This meaning social protests, standing for the anthem, mixing politics and sports, mixing social issues and sports. That's a problem. And the reason it becomes a problem is if it's bad for business, the owners want to get rid of it. If the owners want to get rid of it, there's going to be tension with the players who don't want to get rid of it. This started a long time ago with Kaepernick and was continued throughout last year and this year. It's not new. What made it a big issue was the president weighing in and then the president, as I said, co-opting Jerry Jones, who then co-ops the league to sort of move this into a, into let's move on space. So what we have is a meeting next week and we hear that uh, all players are going to be invited to talk about this. And we get hints of what's going to happen. My hint is that somehow, some way, the commissioner is going to say to the players, here's what we'll do. We will allow our forums to be used for your social issues about inequality, about racial justice, about police brutality. Maybe put it on the websites. Maybe have Tuesday, uh, which is the off day, uh, visits, ride-alongs with police, get to know police, these kind of things. We will foster it and maybe even give a lot of money to it and have seminars on race and talk to people if and as long as you take it out of Sunday or Monday night or Thursday night or Sunday night. This is where I think this is going. The owners are really coming to the players and saying, listen, we want to move on Our sponsors, our fans, our constituents tell us we don't want politics, social issues, and sports. We want sports to be our refuge. We want to get away from the real-world problems and go to sports. You, the players, can go along with this, and we will do your social forums on our expansive sites, which are websites, events, using the NFL brand, using the team brand to support these issues. Again, this has become a negotiation. My sense is the players will go along with it because at some point, what choice do they have? And then I think we have to bring in the other party here that's been really mostly silent about this, uh, is the union. And I, again, to be fair, They have made statements. They've had meetings. They're talking to their players. I I don't mean to be pejorative when I say they've been mostly silent. What I do mean is that they have not been as out front about this as the league. The league is putting out letters, not just through two sentence statements. The league is meeting with Malcolm Jenkins, with owners, Jeffrey Lurie, with other. The league is ready to do things. We haven't heard from the union as to what is their plan. What are they going to do if there's co-optization? What are their issue ways to present these issues beyond or beyond standing or not standing for the anthem? Or is that the way they want to keep it going? And they're in a tough spot because I just mentioned, we know there are players that do not want social issues as part of their brand and they're part of the team brand. We know there are players that want to stand with hand over heart for the anthem, obviously a lot of players, 
we also know that there may be divisions in these locker rooms. We also know there are players out there that have supported the current president. I can think of, you know, Richie Incognito on the Bills or many others that haven't been public about it. So, again, I worry about internal divisions. I worry about where it's going in terms of this tense period, because we've got to get to the other side of this. It's not going to be easy. And one thing I think that would go a long way, even though it's polarizing, is when we have these meetings next week and we talk with players who, you know, the, the, the usual suspects, I think, would be invited. Talk about Malcolm Jenkins of the Eagles, Michael Bennett of the uh, Seahawks, maybe Doug Baldwin of the Seahawks, maybe Richard Matthews of the Titans, maybe Mark, Mark, Mark Tellis Bennett of the Packers. These are kind of players that have been out front on these issues. The question becomes, here's a name. Would they invite Colin Kaepernick? He's been the one who started this. He's been the one that players have looked up to on this. He's been the one that players have cited as the first person to start this activism. He has become, in my mind, a mythical figure, in part because he's not signed, in part because he hasn't talked, in part because some of the things he was uh, protesting have continued to happen with injustice towards uh, by the police towards certain Again, I, I love. I don't want to get into the police. I am a fan of the police and what they do. But what we have here really is to set the stage a negotiation, and it's a negotiation between the players and the owners. And really, what we have here is an incredible opportunity for two sides that have not liked each other, have not trusted each other. There's a mutual dislike, a mutual mistrust. That is NFLPA and NFL leadership. That is Demorius Smith and Roger Goodell. They both have just gotten extensions. They both are now set to lead their divisions for years to come. What an opportunity to create a bilateral solution between the union and the league for the first time to get past the animus that has identified and and been a part of this culture of mistrust where they only talk in court. We'll talk about the Elliott thing in a couple minutes. But that is what's going on here. You have an opportunity they're going to the union who was ignored the last time something like this happened after the Ray Rice fiasco. Roger Goodell needed them, wanted to create a conduct policy with them, listen to them and then ignored them, created a conduct policy with two things. The union strongly object, objected to the commissioner exempt list and paid leave. That's in the new policy. It was done over the union's objection. The union filed a grievance and lost anyway. Goodell ignored him that time. He can't ignore them this time. In some ways, DeMora Smith has a better opportunity now than ever to get something. He can't ignore players that want to keep going. So there's an opportunity to make something happen here. And the person also they should invite to this meeting is Colin Kaepernick. He, they're going to invite some players in this meeting, the usual suspects, you know, maybe Michael Bennett, maybe Martellus Bennett, maybe Doug Baldwin. Malcolm Jenkins, we'll see, like with Shard Matthews of the Titans. If other players are invited, the player they should invite is Colin Kaepernick. I think it makes a ton of sense. Now, maybe he causes so much division among the ranks of ownership that that's a problem. I think he should be invited. Talk through it. He has become bigger than a player. He started this. He has become an activist. He has become a mythical figure in part because he's not being signed. It wouldn't be a big story if he was signed, but he's not being signed. 
And clearly there are reasons beyond football there. And because he doesn't talk. And others are sort of carrying on the message. Here's the problem for the NFL. They have never enforced or had a rule that says you have to stand for the anthem. We know the NBA does. The NBA is the more progressive league, but they have the rule. The NFL doesn't have the rule. After the Kaepernick thing, they tweeted, players are encouraged but not required to stand for the anthem. Through the president, Jerry Jones dug up the, dug up the policy. It talks about should, should stand, no required, no must, should So if the NFL wants these guys to stand, is the opportunity to just give them a website and do forums and do talks and all those things, is that enough? And if not, what do the players want out of this? That's what we have here, an opening for something to create a bilateral solution that's more than words, that's something that doesn't go away in a few weeks after the firestorm and only come up when the president tweets about it again something else. So let's see what happens. What we have here is a business problem for the NFL and a social problem for players and dealing with this aspect of sports where we hear that players want to hear about sports. They don't want to hear about politics. They use sports as a refuge. I hear that from people, but I also talked to African-American friends who say, wait a minute, we don't have the luxury of stick to sports. We don't have that. I, I had talked to a father, a, a, a black friend of mine, who says, Andrew, I don't have that luxury to six of sports. I worry when I'm out in my yard playing squirt gun, water gun with my son, that I'll get, I could get shot. And this is an upper middle class guy. I mean, this is what I'm hearing. So again, I hear those things, which... which are learning experiences for me. Owners need to hear those things. Players need to express them in a rational, measured way. And I think they have the right guys in mind. I think Kaepernick can be one of those guys. So what an opportunity ahead here. I look forward to seeing what's going to come out of these meetings. It really does come back to the name of this podcast. It's the business of sports. Can they find a solution that answers their business concerns while satisfying They want to satisfy a lot of their stakeholders, sponsors, fans, uh, networks, but they really need to satisfy their most important constituent, the players. We'll see what happens there. A note on Zeke Elliott. Uh, Again, the latest round, it's complicated. I'll try to stay out of legalese, but the latest development is the circuit court that governs the state of Texas said that the lower court, which allowed the suspension to be lifted, was wrong. So the suspension's back on. Now, what is the NFLPA and Elliott's lawyers going to do? They'll probably refile either in Texas if they can. Now, that's a long shot. Refile in New York where the NFL staked the claim to the case because they knew if this ended up in court, they wanted to be in New York where eventually they have the Brady precedent. Anyway, the bottom line is Elliot faces long odds. I thought that Elliot would win this round through 2017 and play out the season. And then, a la Brady, deja vu, lose in the court where the actual case came up, Elliot versus the commissioner, and have to serve a suspension in 2018. As we sit here today, at the middle of October, what we're dealing with is Elliot serving a suspension now from mid-October to Thanksgiving and returning late in the season. Again, 
this has always come back to again this this recent development was not about commissioner power it was really about a, a, a process a, a jurisdictional issue they filed too soon in texas but whether that's the issue or not it's eventually going to come back to the same exact issue why adrian peterson lost why tom brady lost why ezekiel elliott will lose three letters we talk about it cba the NFL and NFLPA CBA has allowed for this procedure where Roger Goodell or his designee hears these cases after appeals, and this is what happens. Courts are going to be extremely deferential to individual labor agreements that have their own provisions because courts don't want to be mucked up. they got enough to do with these kind of cases. So I think Elliott is going to lose eventually, whether he takes the suspension now and gives up. And raises and raises the white flag, or he plays out this year, which is not going too well for him or the Cowboys, and uh, serves a suspension next year. We'll see what happens. All I can really say is we'll spend a lot of hot air about these cases. It always comes back to the CBA. And don't tell me people that support the union here or or the way the NFL handles this. This is new. Don't tell me this is new. Don't tell me, well, the union didn't know Goodell would act like this. Of course they did. Of course they did. This was an issue way before the current CBA. I heard from many union officials going to the CBA negotiations in 2011. Goodell has jumped the shark on personal conduct. We're going to rein him in. Okay. That was after Ben Roethlisberger got ten games, uh, six games for uh, being in a, woman, a bathroom with a woman, no criminal charges. That was after Pac-Man Jones suspensions. No criminal charges. There are others. This has been happening a long time. I saw it when I was with the Packers. We had a new sheriff in town, Goodell. So, again, this is nothing new. We've known it. Are they going to address it in the new CBA? Listen, when it comes to CBA, that's four years from now. People are talking about the social issue being something, a bargaining issue of CBA. That's way too long. One side note about CBA negotiations Players should be worried about what the owners are worried about, which is number one and only priority for the owners is money. Okay, so when it comes to CBA, we talk about a lot of these issues with commissioner power, with franchise, with all these things, with uh, social issues. Get the money. It's the hardest thing to negotiate, but it's the most important thing to negotiate. Players in the NFL are completely underpaid relative to other sports. Don't don't tell me other sports have more games. Season lengths are similar. Don't tell me about all the more players they have. Uh, ho- uh, you know, soccer players have more players than basketball. That mean, uh, or less players than than football. Should they get more paid more than football? Okay, so CBA should be about money. Right now, we're dealing with an issue in social protests, an issue with Ezekiel Elliott that are not going to be solved by CBA. Okay, if the owner, if the players want to make Commissioner Power CBA issue. Good luck with that. <laughs> Go for the money. All right. So Ezekiel Elliott, my prediction is it seems like he's at, he's 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 got some options. Uh, probably, I think you know, in terms of the money paying lawyers, the money paying NFLPA lawyers, being paying his own lawyers, he may just give it up. Uh, he may just decide I'm going to move on, take the suspension now, play out 2018, or 20 yeah 2018. Because I think I've said this all along. If this does get to a court in a circuit court, whether it was the Fifth Circuit or the Second Circuit, where Brady precedent is, he's going to lose. And I don't tell me about the investigator they didn't interview or the witness they didn't interview. 
that's secondary. The only thing the CBA requires is, did he get an appeal hearing? Were exhibits, uh, you know, were, were briefs exchanged? <laughs> They're going to bless what the arbitrator Harold Henderson did, just like they bre- they blessed it in Brady and they blessed it in the Peterson case. These, there's precedent for this. Okay, so Elliot is going to lose, whether he loses now or loses later. Last thing on the rants, uh, quickly, I just think that the most underreported story in the NFL is the fact that we have our first true holdout in 20 years, not since Sean Gilbert in 1997 have we seen a true holdout. Now, he held out the whole season. We've got one, offensive lineman Dwayne Brown with the Houston Texans, amazingly has been holding out all season. He is losing something like 500-something thousand a game. He's a very principled guy. He has not talked about it. His agent, Kennard McGuire, has not talked about it. He's just out. Now, at some point, the other ones going into training camp, Le'Veon Bell was a franchise guy. Donald Penn with the Raiders came in, got a deal. Not really a deal because it doesn't change his money this year. He's got some more guarantees next year. And then we have... uh, the guy who else held out coming into camp? It was Donald Penn. It was Le'Veon Bell, uh, and I think that was it. So we have these guys going into camp. Dwayne Brown is still holding out. I think he's. You know, we have a trade deadline coming up. Could something happen then? We have Week Nine. He has to come in to get credit for this year. Otherwise, the contract tolls. If the contract tolls. He's under contract not through 18, but through 19. You wonder if that's a concern for his, for him. But, you know, what can the Texans do or what would they do? Would they guarantee a portion of next year? It's not worried about this year. He's not going to get cut this year. But would they guarantee a portion of next year? Probably not. Would they add what I did at Green Bay for some guys, what I call earnables? Uh, you know, incentives, just freebies, just to sort of keep the guy happy. Uh, which the by the way the Panthers did with Greg Olson. He's unfortunately going not going to make those incentives because he's hurt. Uh, would he come in for that? I don't know. Would the Texans do that? Probably not. It's a test of wills, and he's making a statement. Is it going to help him? I don't think so. But I can only say. I'm mean, again. People say, well, how can you laud this? I, I don't laud it. I, what I say is. I'm impressed that he's that resolute. I'm impressed that he's that principled to stay out, to miss 500000 a game. And we don't even talk about it in the media. We don't even mention it. Can you imagine if Dwayne Brown was a receiver or a quarterback? <laughs> we talk about it all the time. If the name was Odell Beckham, if the name was Aaron Donald, that was the other one, Aaron Donald. He came in eventually in training camp after quote-unquote holdout. So anyway, Dwayne Brown, again, um, extremely, extremely rare. You know, I had Cam Chancellor a couple years ago, he missed two games, which again, at that time, was really a strong holdout. Now we're in six games with Drain Brown. Uh, I guess my only comment is, I don't think it's going to work. I don't think they're going to redo his contract. I don't think they're going to re-up any kind of guarantees or any kind of earnables. And he will come in probably to get the accredited season so his contract doesn't toll. But... I do admire, I do, that this guy is doing that, that he's so um, principled in his stance, willing to give up that money. Guys, really hope you enjoyed my insights about this whole player protest angle for many sides. The Zeke Elliott's ongoing legal situation 
my thoughts on Dwayne Brown. Listen, new feature, you can go to my website. It's andrew-brandt.com. Andrew-Brandt.com. You can go there. You can sign up for a weekly newsletter where I'll give you extra insights. Take you to all my forums about teaching and writing and TV and radio. And as well, I'll answer your questions here on the Business of Sports podcast. So sign up. Ask me a question. I'll answer it here on the podcast. All that at Andrew-Brandt.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. Listen to this pod at RossTucker.com iTunes, Stitcher, tune in wherever you hear your podcast, and I'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Thanks for listening to The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.